First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 637 of First Class Fatherhood, a family-made media podcast. And I'm pumped up. I got a fellow Jersey guy joining me on the podcast today. Ralph Pittman is going to be here on the podcast. Ralph comes from the business world. He's a graduate of Rutgers University, where he played football. He helps uh, Fortune 500 companies as, as it relates to technology. He is married to American celebrity Drew Sedora, who stars on Real Housewives of Atlanta. One of the big subjects that's been covered a lot in the tabloids and on different media outlets is the subject of whether or not he is going to adopt his wife's son from a previous relationship. Now, you guys know one thing I am focused on here is the fatherless crisis. We need more dads, more father figures involved in these young children's lives. Uh, I asked Ralph about this today. He gives a, I really love his answer. Love what this guy is all about. Really excited to have him on the podcast today. Ralph Pittman will be here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Ralph Pittman was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and if you missed out on any of this week's episodes, go back and check them out. I had Dr. Gad Sad join me here on Monday. What a phenomenal conversation. I learned a lot. He blew my mind during that interview. Go back and check that one out. And Wednesday on the podcast, one of the most nuttiest guys I've ever seen, the star of Jackass, the co-creator of Jackass, Johnny Knoxville joined me here on the podcast. Very interesting to hear how it was the first time he ever took his daughter to see one of those jackass films. Definitely worth your listen. Go check that one out as well. And be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. I got three awesome episodes coming your way next week. Find out who they are. And let's go, dads. Help me spread the word about the podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You know it right here. Father's Day is every day on the podcast. And let's get into my interview right now with Ralph Pittman, straight ahead on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Ralph Pittman. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me also. All right, well, let's start it like this here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I have three kids, uh, starting with the oldest, Josiah, um, little boy, Makai, he's six, and then Anaya, she's four. So Very 11, cool. So 11, six, and four. Awesome. You guys all done? You go for any more? No, no, no. We're, we're complete. <laughs> I, I don't think I have the bandwidth to have anymore, but sometimes, you know, I'll get that little itch like, oh, man, it's... That little kid looks amazing, or it'll be great to have another little girl running around here. But I, I think we're done. I had the vasectomy. It's over. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of that. Yeah, we have four kids ourselves. We got three boys, then got the girl, so we called it a day. There you go. That's the, um, that's the completeness right there. That's all you that's need. Yep, yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. If you could, Ralph, please just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Oh, fantastic. So um, originally native of New Brunswick, New Jersey, went to Rutgers University, um, graduated a degree in business economics. Now I've been in the technology world for quite some time, starting off in sales. And so more of a hybrid. I work with Fortune 100 companies. So all the extremely uh, big organizations helping them direct their path as well as um, as it relates to technology, things of the future, trends, things that they need to go and be doing in order to stay competitive in this day and age. 
Awesome. Yeah, I'm actually talking to you from New Jersey today here. So uh, right. it, 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 nice to connect to another Jersey guy. So uh, and then take me back then, Ralph, to the beginning of your fatherhood journey about how old were you then when you first became a dad and how did that experience change your perspective on life? Interesting enough, I was 32 years old. And so ended up with my journey. I ended up uh, meeting my wife and she had a son, a three year old. And so I remember I uh, was speaking with one of my friends, you know, as you start to get a little older as a man, the chances of probably finding somebody that may have a kid, you know, it starts to become a little slim. So the possibilities are a little different. And so ended up when I met my wife, she had a three year old son and we started dating, hit it off. And Literally, that was t- kind of the beginning of my uh, my fatherhood journey is actually with a three year old son. My wife and I ended up dating really fast. I had a chance to meet uh, meet him. His name was Josiah, of course. And um, and things just progressed along. And here we are. Yeah. And I know I know, Ralph, that one of the things obviously the media has keyed in on with you and, and your wife, Drew, is the fact of whether or not you were going to adopt him as your own. And that seemed to get become a, you know, a big focus of the attention. One thing I focus on here is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country where so many kids are growing up without a father or a father figure in their life. And your, your son is blessed to have both a father who wants to be involved and a father figure like yourself to take on the role of stepdad. Yeah. Uh, so what, where do you guys sit as far as all that is concerned? And what kind of advice do you have for any other dads out there that may be going through a similar situation? So great point. Also, I think what it is, is, you know, being a father, first and foremost, is the most amazing thing you can ever have. I feel like it's the greatest gift. And um, his biological father was incarcerated for some time. And so he didn't have an opportunity to really be able to build that bond with him. And so what ended up happening with us is, you know, as my wife, she wants me to adopt him. And I just can't make it in my heart to go and take that right away from another person, another man that wants the ability to be a father. I, there's a, and I always say that there's a million things I can teach my son, which I'm doing, and I'm there every single day, 365. But there are certain things that I cannot teach him as a man to grow up and also, like, for instance, why he acts, acts the way that he does. You know, things about how he grew up, things about his father and his biological family. I can't share those things with him. And so... I want the idea and the ability for his biological father to be able to play his part to be able to fill in the gap and we create more of a community and a village. I'm just an extension. My job, just like a football coach that had come in, at the end of the day, I'm here to rear him, provide and make sure that he grows into the best young individual he possibly can. And he can do that for his kids when he gets older. So. Yeah, it, it's so important, Ralph, especially for for young boys to have that positive fatherhood figure, father role model, because we've seen so many disasters turn out in our society from kids, for especially young men that don't have that guidance. Uh, so it's awesome that you're there to be able to and, and speak a little bit more about that, if you could. What are some of the top values that you're hoping to instill in all your kids growing up? Oh, great question. Great question. First and foremost, discipline. You know, I feel like that's a that's something that you just can't take for granted ever is just understanding and having balance. I think even for me as a father, I'm trying to be a little more open because I believe that what ends up happening is a lot of the times you take the principles and things that you grew up with and you try to push it down on your kid. And sometimes those characteristics don't necessarily work today. They don't translate. And so also I want them to have freedom, you know, to be able to explore different things because the world is changing 
business is changing. The way that we work is evolving. And so, you know, having them be a little more open to being on YouTube or, you know, behind a camera, which kind of when we were young, you couldn't be what you couldn't play video games all day. That would be something that you'll get your hands slapped over or you would be on put on time out. Um, having the kids stay in the house and, you know, this is another thing. So you're from New Jersey. One of the things that you know that we used to get kicked out when we were kids and you had to go, we were forced to play uh, outside until the streetlights came on. Nowadays, the kids are in the house a lot more, but really truly just embracing and making sure that they can um, have individuality, understanding exactly how to treat and respect other people. Being someone, um, being a child that actually understands where they, not only where they came from, but also how to really treat others and how to embrace things that we probably haven't been able to, we weren't able to embrace. Making sure that they have culture, can explore the world and know that the world is a lot bigger than us. And so those are some of the things that I am teaching them. Yeah, very well said, Ralph. And, and you're right. I think we're all kind of struggling with that as far as it's so what a different dynamic of the way we grew up as opposed to how our kids are doing it now. And we're all battling with that technology and screen time. And it's it's even getting harder for me to try to, to tell them not to do it when I find myself on the screen way more than I should be. So it's a, I'm not living by that example as best as I could. And then on that, one of the things that's been drastically different is the discipline portion of it as well. Uh, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? So it's interesting. So going back to kind of the blended situation and being a stepfather also, I feel like I have to wear multiple hats. Um, and I would say my journey even into fatherhood has been completely different and challenging, you know, from having a biological path versus being a stepfather. And um, and I don't know. Are you a stepfather by chance? No, no, I'm not. OK. OK. So this is something that, you know, that may resonate with you. So I grew up as a stepchild. And so my father actually was married four different times. So I have four stepmothers technically. Right. And going through that particular journey was a little different. And so I didn't know exactly how to come in and be a stepfather. And so the traditional path is, hey, this is our child. We share them 50-50. We both share the responsibilities. I have a say-so in how they are reared, how they parent, the discipline, what time is bedtime. I have a I have a say-so in all of that. When you have a stepchild, the reason I'm saying it's a little different, you don't have those rights. You're coming in pretty much on a clean slate where you pretty much have zero ownership of that child and you have to build your way up. But it probably will never be at 50 percent because it's a lot of things that was already in place. So when it comes to discipline, my oldest child, I didn't have as much of a say so on bedtime because it was already established before I got there. It was a lot of other things. And so now as we've uh, grown and evolved, there are certain things that I actually do have more of a say so on. But it was a process for me to actually get there. So when it comes down to it, I want to make sure that um, the kids are doing things with responsibilities, you know, taking out the trash when they're supposed to, making sure they're doing their chores. Um, making sure that they understand financial literacy, you know, and how to save money and not try to just spend it all or on Robux for that matter, which is something that's completely different, you know. And so those are some of the different nuances that we're instilling inside of the kids, just understanding also how to get outside and do some of the things that you should probably know how to do just, you know, as a as a man and as a little girl, for instance, 
we don't cut our own grass, but I want them. I want to make sure that you know how to do it. So I'll get them out there with a blower and different things just to make sure that they're balanced and they have some exposure to doing some physical labor jobs as well as being able to do things um, on a computer and be able to function in that capacity. And so, you know, it, it, I think it just varies depending on age. My little girl, she's responsible for taking, the, uh, you know, the clothes and taking them to the washing machine and things of that nature. And we reward them. So we have a reward system in place to make sure that they understand this is how the world works. You do something, the world will reward you for it. But I also want to make sure that you don't expect it from anyone, because sometimes you can actually do something out of the generosity of your heart without you know, and, and have a little gratitude with it. So that, that's some of the things I'm teaching. Them. Yeah, those are all things that we're going through here in our household as well, uh, Ralph. And it's and, and you're right. And a part of that, like when we grew up of being, like you said, outside till the streetlights came on, was that, you know, we played a lot of uh, ball in the street, a lot of football, a lot of, uh, you know, right. on the grass. But, uh, you know, outside and we we picked all the teams. There was no reps, no coaches, no parents that were hovering over right. us. And it seemed like we had the freedom to develop those kind of those skill sets that that kind of made you more self-sufficient. I think we kind of rob our kids in this generation of being able to figure those things out on their own and develop those skills naturally, as opposed to us kind of forcing them in a way on them. You're right. You're 100 percent right. But I'm trying to also make sure because one thing that we I feel like we did a better job of is building community. We were better. We had better friendships. We went through things together because you had your whole crew of people that you went and played. Uh, you played with. Now everyone has digital friends. We're just kind of preparing everybody for the metaverse. So you don't necessarily have to see people. You can actually just do your own thing, see everybody on Roblox or be in a metaverse and have a digital relationship opposed to a physical one. So and, but that's something I have to also be open with and embrace as well, that things are changing. Relationships are changing. How people interact are changing. So I'm growing just as I'm instilling things in my kids. I have to also instill new things in the way that they're developing as well to make sure that I can help them grow in the digital age that we're currently in. Yeah, we're definitely I'm definitely learning as they go along, too. And you're right. There's pluses and minuses here, too, because because of this technology, I've been able to speak to dads like yourself, dads from all over the world without ever having met these people. And it's just mind blowing what we can accomplish just from this screen. And it could also be used, unfortunately, uh, just as bad as it can be for good. So it's trying to keep a balance on all that stuff. And speaking of being on the screen, the Real Housewives uh, of Atlanta has been something that's been big in your family there. How has that kind of affected, you know, you guys, maybe you? Your, your relationship? Has it changed you at all as a husband and wife? Has it changed you at all as parents? Uh, what, what has been the, like your personal response from the show? Uh, it, it's It's been a whirlwind, I should say. You know, it's going into it, it, you have so much exposure to things. For instance, and you can have an argument and with someone with your significant other and it would just be between those four walls. No one else would have any exposure to it. Now, all of a sudden, we're on national television. So we have an argument. It's being shared with the whole world where everyone can go and have input on your relationship. And they don't know all the other stories or other things of how your relationship truly works because they only see one part of it. And so it puts a magnifying glass on things. And so having a public um, have the public's perception sometimes can get a little challenging. So you have to always kind of get to a place where you have balance. And this is one thing that Drew and I are doing, getting to a place where we have balance and understanding, OK, this is who you really are, not what people are saying or what you see of yourself on television, but also at the same time, having accountability to the growth and evolution that you're having. And because some of these things actually can be a little true. 
And so it takes some soul searching to understand that. So I believe that your relationship works and moves extremely fast. Um, problems that probably may exist, it's going to be exposed because you got so many things you're trying to balance. And then the house, trying to make sure everyone is happy, the kids are still thriving, and it doesn't become so much of a distraction because you're so focused on television and they're shooting in your house that you lose sight on your kids and lose that balance that you have with them. So they can see the person on television and also they can see the person you are as an actual parent. So it, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. But we're, we're working towards it to make sure that the thing is we're doing it uh, and executing it effectively. Yeah, that's wild, man. I, I can't even imagine that. Just the, I know the way our operation runs here. I can't imagine adding that kind of dynamic into it. Uh, I, I would imagine it's got to be somewhat uh, taking a lot to get used to. So. Um, and then what about, you know, just like you, I, I had my girl at the end here. She was our fourth, my first girl. What has it been like for you now to be a girl dad, to have a girl? Uh, what's, what's that experience been like for you? Oh, my, my daughter, I can't ever say this, but man, that's my heart. You know, she gets, she, she has my, she has me wrapped around her finger and it's really not much I can really do about it. She's the one that I know that when I come into the house, she's going to give me the biggest hug. She's going to be underneath me any moment she possibly can. She's in the bed watching TV with me and she's like my little mini me. She's doing gymnastics and doing flips. And so I see so much of myself in her, but I also see her evolving into a little lady at the same time. So where she has a great way of being able to get everything she wants for me and as well as her mom. <laughs> she puts her high heels on and does these different things. So I mean, it's absolutely amazing having a daughter. And probably I would say, Something I, that was probably a little surreal to ex actually experience now that I have her here. Man, I can't even picture life without her. Yeah, well, our daughter runs the show over here as well. Man. It's, it's amazing what dynamic she brought to the family. So it, just like you, I, I couldn't imagine our, our lives without her. Yeah. And uh, what, what kind of uh, what kind of family traditions do you guys have? Ralph, do you have any certain family traditions that you guys either are carrying over from your own families or any new ones that you started? So my wife, I'm going to talk about my wife for a second. She does a lot of different things. That, she has a very big family and they're extremely family oriented. Actually, right now, you may hear some background noise because I feel like I have a million people downstairs. And so for her, for her mom's birthday, I believe she's 78, but they do a really big celebration um, for where everyone comes together. They'll do um, different things where there's a bunch of different games that we play and just have a really great time and just, you know, being able to have family and experience things in different ways. And for us also, family doesn't mean just blood. It's also an extension of that because, you know, friends become family to people where you have these real genuine relationships. Um, we do a big Christmas um, typically every year. And I think we celebrate the majority of the original ones. And Thanksgiving, we'll go down to my grandmother's house and that's where we'll do it. So we kind of break it up where which family we're going to go to to spend time just to make sure that we can actually hit everyone. And I think also because everyone is so spread out. I'm from New Jersey originally. Now we live in Atlanta. She's from Chicago. So it's always all of these different movements just trying to get around just to see everyone and just enjoy family. Wow. You guys uh, elf on the shelf people or no? Not so not so much. I think we did it one year. We did it one year where we did the elf on the shelf. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Matter of fact, just because you spoke of it, you know, I'm gonna make sure we implement it this year. Also, definitely got to throw it in there. Yeah, we got we got one that still looks for it every morning. And now the other guys are involved in helping to, to position it and do all that stuff. So that that, that is whoever came up with that really uh, scooped up on a lot of profit because it seems like seems like everyone got kind of got drew into that whole thing. So 
Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. W- what's next for you here, Ralph? You guys got it. You have any kind of uh, plans, anything you're working on right now? What's next for you in the future here? You got it. So as we're talking about fatherhood, actually, I'm in the process of writing a book called The Step in Parenting, and which is also being featured on the show Real Housewives of Atlanta. And just going through the journey of, you know, of being able to, I would say, journey through being a step parent, you know, and all of the different nuances that actually come into it. Like I mentioned, no one prepares you to be not only just a father, but a stepfather, you know. And so this book also will be able to help people if you're a woman or a man walking into a situation um, to really be able to understand some of the best practice that they can do in order to make sure that they're positioned for success. And I'll tell you, Ralph, it is so needed right now because uh, there there are so many kids out there that need to have. And there's so many blended families now in our country where uh, that type of experience is definitely where people need to look to to try to figure this out. As you said, it, there, there's no uh, pamphlet handed to you on this stuff. So to have somebody that's been been there, done that, definitely beneficial right now. So props to you for doing that. I appreciate and the last thing I want to hit you with here, Ralph, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Oh, uh, so first and foremost, get ready because you're going to experience something that you've never experienced before. Um, have patience, especially have patience with your significant other, because more than likely they may be going through postpartum. You don't know how they're really truly going because their hormones are all over the place. And you can't blame the woman. You got to blame the baby. That's who it is. And you can't be mad at the baby because really it's the blessing that you've been waiting for. And so and as you're going through that process, embrace those moments because children grow up extremely, extremely fast. And so be there, you know, be a part of the whole entire process. So you get an opportunity to really understand and embrace the, the different stages that children go through and they um, and then just work on just making sure that you become the best dad in the world. You know, and that right there is something that you define gets around some people that you can role model, ask questions to when you may not understand something. And then there's going to be a lot of things you just don't know. So have grace with yourself. Don't think that you're messed up because every father does, you know, so and just go with the flow. Everything will be OK. And um Everything will be great. So just awesome. I listen. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Ralph Pittman, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Uh, thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. First Class Fatherhood is a family made media podcast. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com or www.familymade.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.